Welcome back for more from our workshop in the 2021 NICE project. For the workshop questions and stuff, I want to kind of roll back around uh, old, <laughs> old, old uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs for a minute and, you know, let's talk about his life and how it might may add or detract from the story. And one of the first questions I want to ask is, did you guys know he wasn't born in England? Did you know that his family had been in America since the 17th century? Nope. I honestly, for most of my life, thought he was British. I, I mean, like an author living in England. I mean, I just, because of his racism and, and that, that just, I don't know, obsessive focus on British upper crust, white gentlemanly, blah, 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 heredity, hereditary instinct stuff. I just assumed he was full on British, but nope, nope, nope. <laughs> There's something though that is very American about it. And I can't imagine a British author being like, hey, let's end this thing in Wisconsin. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I know. There's something about the, 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 bravado i think yeah that's that, a good that really that's a good way to put it yeah. <laughs> and you know and another thing that you know we didn't even talk about this in the book is there is a lot of action in this book tarzan battles jungle creatures he not just you know members of that african tribe that that he becomes antagonistic with because one of them killed his ape mother the the really his only mother figure you know was kala and um, there's a lot of violent, you know, action, adventure, jungle life in this book. Uh, a lot more than, than what my little summary of the more character-driven plot would lead you to believe. And Tarzan's development from childhood to adulthood uh, is marked by a lot of those battles that he has with the jungle creatures and and just his his notions of the difference between himself and his fellow apes let alone other jungle animals you know he's not like any anything else um anything else in the in the area if you will so but i think you know as far as like when the book was published in 1912 and if you look at the list you know all of these things are in the book the you know racism and race based on false scientific racialism uh colonialism notions of civilization and i put that in quote marks because you know it's kind of like civilization in quote marks and uh white male superiority and then gender roles and norms and sexuality i mean the question at the bottom of the placard here, can you see relevance on some of the issues in today's world? Don't try to answer that yet, but I want us to try to talk about each of these things a little bit. Um, with race and false scientific racialism, Tarzan, the character, he can't escape Burroughs' own racism. I mean, Burroughs wrote a very, you know, a character based on false scientific racialism that somehow white, the white race, quote unquote, was superior to any other humans on the planet um and that's where burroughs gets that whole hereditary instincts uh i was gonna say bs <laughs> uh for civilized moral british upper crust white male behavior you know as opposed to any other behavior in 
among humans in the world. It's absolute science fiction. We know that now. Science has proven that, you know, but it's in the book and it's, it's a large part of the book. We also have, you know, the depiction of Esmeralda, Jane Porter's black servant, and she is as written as campily and as stereotypically mm-hmm. as you know some of the characters in Gone with the Wind and agree. and other books you know uh, uh I think is it is it is his name Jim in one of the Huckleberry Finn Mark Twain books is it Jim mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so that whole idea of the false science behind racism is overwhelming in this book and very unpalatable you know, and, and I'm just hitting the tip of the iceberg with it, uh, really, for the purposes of time in this workshop. But it made me think a little bit, just to kind of bring it into the into today with this idea of science and um, false science. And, and our world today, we've taken that beyond race. I mean, now it's about, you know, science of COVID-19, health. You know, it's uh, people, people are kind of, you know, have, have, based uh, some people have based their feelings or attitudes about a, a, a dire deadly potentially deadly disease on false science you know they're taking horse dewormer or something you know you know what i mean so i mean we you could kind of see these notions um alive and well in today's world that at least if you're talking about science versus i don't know false science and and racism definitely you can see um you know, with the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement and some of the rioting and and horrible white supremacist Nazi, I mean, neo-Nazi behavior, you know, uh, based on false scientific racialism. It's really, it's really, um, this book is not irrelevant is what I'm saying. It, I'm not saying that the false stuff in it is true. Don't get me wrong. It is a good example of the false, <laughs> the mm-hmm. false beliefs about that people can have about what what is race and what is um, hereditary instinct and all that kind of superiority stuff. But it's certainly not irrelevant in today's world, those topics. Right. Yeah, it definitely um, helps us trace where some of our social thinking comes from. Exactly. And if mm-hmm. you're lo- talking about a book that, you know, like it similarly to Gone with the Wind, which was enormously popular when it was published. The Tarzan series has been enormously popular and continues to be enormously popular. We'll get to more about that later, you know, but this, uh, these kinds of uh, problematic stories where the content is problematic, the basis of beliefs by some of the authors maybe is problematic, does, you know, engender and perpetuate some pretty bad things in society. So we always want to talk about that, at least be aware of it. Um, If I may, Alice. Yes, go ahead. I think it's important. Yes, we absolutely need to say, hey, Burroughs, you're completely off base with your science and race. But he does have some interesting scientific concepts, which turned out to be at least partially true. Example, how do they discover who Tarzan really is being this Earl of Greystoke? 
fingerprints. Fingerprints. And so this yes. fingerprint forensics, which was you know pretty new technology, nineteen twelve. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 core of that technology did turn out to be true. I don't believe that every detail is described by Burroughs as they're going into detail trying to figure out you know his his fingerprints is accurate but it was but, more accurate than not <laughs> and, and probably more accurate than he knew you know or could predict i mean it became it became more accurate yeah and it's a good point i mean you can't you can't throw away the baby with the bathwater. is that <laughs> i think the but, other scientific thing uh is linguistics that he yes. really delves into can you or can a, a human being learn to read just by a a book with pictures and with symbols. Um, And can you later, if you have, you know, lived isolated from human society, form complex sentence structures, Mm -hmm. which Tarzan later does. Mm -hmm. And the science has largely just proven that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, you know, he was definitely Burroughs wrestling with this idea of how is it that we do acquire language Mm -hmm. as human beings? Right. Yeah, and and even if the language is only read and written, you can still acquire it. Um, now, you know, Tars is pretty amazing that he managed to teach himself to read and write. I mean, I think you know we would kind of think, well, you probably would need some help. But you know, this is a fictional story, so we don't want to delve too deeply into whether or not Tarzan could really do what you know he did all on his own. Um, but it's a it's an interesting book to read because, again, if you think about when it was written and when it was published, so much of that conversation, the conversations about how humans learn language and and that kind of stuff, just was barely you know barely beginning, and certainly wasn't a common thing that people talked about it was a you know more of an academic thing so Burroughs was interesting in a lot of ways I think in in most of his writings he tried to put in things that he thought were cutting edge in science or you know you know maybe science fictiony but maybe they were gonna be happening soon or something I mean I feel like you're right he did he did have a hit or miss kind of a <laughs> kind of a descriptive powers but his under the influence of his times yeah exactly he did the best with what was known and he went above and beyond to get more information to bring it in so yeah and he also grudge him for not knowing sure no no we don't mean that at all but it's also kind of um interesting you know we're talking about science and, and animals and behavior animal behavior and stuff there's a lot I mean, these animals in the jungle come alive in this book. Now, whether they're real, you know, I mean, based in reality, I don't know. Is the Tarzan yell really the cry a victorious bull ape would make? I don't know what a victorious cry of a bull ape sounds like. But if you read the segments about Tantor the elephant and Sabor the the tiger and, you know, the different the different animals in the jungle, I mean, it's fascinating. It's those parts of the book are fun. Um, you know, if I were, uh, if, if my degree were in, what, do you, what would you call that, zoology? I don't know what that degree would be if you studied animals. <laughs> but, I mean, would I, would I say, oh, my God, this is the worst book I ever read because it's false, false, false science about animals. I don't know if it's false science about animals because I'm not a zoologist or an animal person. But um, there, it, it adds to the story, you know, that he went into so much detail about the animals in the jungle, not just the human characters in the story. 
Anyway, but one of the reasons he does that, of course, is because of the no notion of civilization versus, of course, no, you know, lack of civilization. Um, and that goes back to that colonialism and that kind of thing, because there's an, a lot of examples um, in the in the book um, that that just hammer that home that the the white British society is superior and especially men, gentlemen, um, from the depictions of the African tribe, the quote, rat faced, unquote, sailor snipes. Um, uh, he's, he's white, but he's just awful. Uh, a lot of the other sailors who are of the lower classes who are maroon, who maroon their betters. They, they leave these, you know, br proper British Viscount and his pregnant wife, they, they leave them on the, they maroon them on the coast of Africa, you know, um, how, how it makes me wonder, you know, in this book, it's very clear who Burroughs thinks is civilized and who he thinks isn't. And it made me ask myself the question, how do we define civilized behavior versus uncivilized behavior today? I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're, we kind of, do that a lot with each other and i say we as in the entire country of america you know we we seem to be so ready to label and and i'm guilty of this myself label attack blame um uh you know and it becomes sort of a civilization versus you know uncivilized you know which one of us are are civilized is you know <laughs> We're, we're all acting pretty uncivil, you know, so what do you guys well, there, think? There seemed to just be, that seemed to be the cognitive dissonance of that era. I mean, if you put it in a historical context, you've got Tarzan in the jungle, you've got Gulliver in the Lilliputians, you've got uh, Robinson Crusoe mm -hmm. and, and his, and you know, there seems to, that seems to have been a transition time and a way for them to say, Okay, here's how it is. This is, and we know it is, you know, because of the of the the author's background. They're, you know, they have this British, you know, royalty, you know, the King's English kind mm -hmm. of a thing, and and everybody else, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so making this, you know, the transitions are the hardest piece. And mm -hmm. I see these kind of stories is is just a is just a bridge um, in defining. And so yeah, you're going to wonder. Is the British side the more civilized or the Lilliputians side mm -hmm. or is it the sure. British side or is it the, the, the apes side? Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I find it interesting in how they help us to cross the bridge. Mm -hmm. and, well, and it's interesting uh, what you say, because it, these, those, the, all the ones you mentioned, they're kind of written, you know, you have to, we have to, what I'm trying to say is we have to remember at the time period also, you know, the late 1800s, the early 1900s, this was a, 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 a second age of exploration, if you will. You know, we had the yeah, Arctic, definitely. the Arctic kind of explorations. There were the ex, you know, uh, what was it? What's the famous... Livingston, I presume, you know, the jungles of Africa were being, you know, the Amazon, you know, in South, the South America, there was a lot of exploration going on, mostly by wealthy white men of, you know, British or some other European extraction. But I mean, this was what, yeah, that's where the money was. Exactly. I said wealthy, I did say wealthy, you know, and, and this is where these stories were born out of I mean, these fictional stories like Tarzan were born partly out of the newspaper headlines and the, you know, journal 
articles about the explorations that man was making in these, you know, wild, savage, exotic places. And so this fascinated and, and obviously captured the imagination of many authors like Burroughs. Join us next time as we continue with our workshop discussion for the 2021 NICE Project.